Good morning, everyone. Great to see you. And if you're joining us online, a warm welcome to you. Uh, As Sarah said, we are starting a three-part message series leading up to Easter, uh, and uh, it's called Prayer. Uh, And we have based the structure of this series around a resource from the States uh, called um, Life Church, and they do the Bible app. But really, the, the overall inspiration for this series comes from three specific prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed. One from the book of Philemon, one from the book of Ephesians, and one from the book of Romans. And I would say that our aim through this series is to go big, to pray big, bold, passionate, God-honoring, spirit-led, faith-filled prayers. But the thing is, as we study these prayers, and as we look at, uh, there are other prayers that Paul prayed as well, we find often a really common theme. Paul often prays for something very specific, and then he uses the words, so that. And then he goes on to show us, if you like, what the outcome of that prayer should be. Today we're going to see Paul pray for something that is arguably more important than anything else that we can pray for, and that's to pray for one another, to pray for our Christian brothers and sisters. Now, if there was a specific prayer that we could pray for one another, for our uh, fellow co-workers in Christ, our fellow apprentices of Jesus, that would help them get a full understanding of every good thing they have in Christ, how many of us would want to pray that prayer? Raise your hand. Everyone in this room... And everyone online should have raised their hand. We are going to see today that if we want our fellow brothers and sisters to have a full understanding of every good thing they have in Christ, then we should pray for them to be active in sharing their faith. So why do I say that? Well, before we look at the text... In today's passage, let me share a little bit of the backdrop of what is happening in this little book in the Bible called Philemon. This was Paul's shortest letter in the New Testament, but be under no illusions, this is a powerhouse letter. Paul writes to Philemon, who is this standout businessman, Roman citizen uh, in Colossae. And actually, we think that Paul met Philemon in in Ephesus, of course, in true fashion. Uh, Philemon then becomes a follower of Jesus. And and then one of Paul's co-workers, Epaphras, gets sent to plant out a church in Colossae, and Philemon joins him, and he becomes the leader of this church that actually meets in his house. Now, at this point in history, uh, Philemon, like all household patriarchs in the Roman world, had slaves. And one of his slaves was called uh, Onesimus. Now, it looks like Philemon and Onesimus have this kind of major falling out. And, uh, Onesimus kind of um, wrongs Philemon in some way. We, we don't know what it is or exactly he might have cheated him. He, he might have stole from him. We're not quite sure. But Onesimus runs away to Rome where he ends up meeting the apostle Paul. 
And we don't actually know what happened, uh, but Paul, in true fashion, leads Onesimus into a relationship with Jesus. And this guy is radically transformed. And he has this conviction, once he meets Jesus, that he needs to go back to Philemon and make things right. He notes that Jesus has changed his life, and he, he just is compelled that he wants to go back and reconcile with him. So Paul is writing this letter, one, because Philemon is his friend, but two, he's kind of vouching for Onesimus' life. He's vouching that his life has been changed, that he's met Jesus. And he's like, Philemon, you need to understand this. This, this guy is coming back to you, but he's not coming back to you as a slave. I feel like in reading this, he's kind of, Paul's kind of reminding Philemon of Colossians 3, 9 to 10, where it says, there is no Gentile or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. That in Jesus, there is this new humanity. Paul is saying that once uh, Onesimus comes back to you, you actually need to receive him as a brother, a brother in the Lord, because that's exactly what he is. So that's the context of what we're, we're going to look at this morning. But I want to look at a very small portion in the book of Philemon, which is this prayer. So it's Philemon 1, verses 4 to 7. And I'm actually going to read it uh, from the Life Application Study Bible. So it might be slightly different uh, than yours. It is an NIV version. Uh, I read all the versions, and uh, this just really, really struck me. It says this. He said, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. So let's break this down a little bit. Paul says to his friend Philemon here, in verse 4, I always thank God as I remember you in my prayers. And he's thanking him for a couple of reasons. First, because he's, here, he's heard about his faith in the Lord Jesus. Super. And the second reason here is because of his love for all the saints. Think about this. Paul writes this letter, and he writes it because he loves Philemon, and he loves the way that he loves Christians. I thank God because of your faith in Jesus, because you have this deep love for all these other believers. And then in verse 6, it says this. It says, he says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. But why does he, why does he say that? This is so important for us to see. He says, I pray that you would be active in in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Now let's read into this story a little bit and ask a few questions to try and understand what might have been going on that led Paul to write this prayer. Now, I'm going to share a theory. This is not fact, okay? This is not uh, in the Bible about what might be going on here. 
Imagine this. Onesimus, he runs away, he gets to Rome, he, he meets Paul, maybe he's, he's hurting or he's, he's asking questions or he's afraid or he's spiritually lost or something like that. Then Paul meets him and has compassion on him. And Paul tells him, look, mate, look, you know, I was just like you. I, I, I used to, to hate Christians, but, but then I met the risen Christ in such a powerful way. And you know what? You need to know him. And then Paul shares the gospel with him. And Onesimus is like, yes, I need Jesus in my life. And Paul prays with him, and then he accepts Jesus. He accepts this free gift of forgiveness. He receives the Holy Spirit. His life is changed forever. And then Paul asks him a few questions. Maybe he asks him, like, well, where are you from? And he tells him, well, look, I used to work for this guy called Philemon. And Paul's like, what, Philemon? What, in Colossae? And Paul's like, I know this guy. Uh, He's amazing. He's got this, this house church, right? He's in his home, you know. He's there and he's sharing the gospel. And hold on a minute, like, you worked for Philemon and you're not a follower of Jesus, Didn't Philemon ever tell you about Jesus? Maybe this letter is Paul reminding Philemon not to forget to share his faith, especially with those who are around him every single day. He's like, it's amazing the way that you love all of the saints. It's amazing that you love all these people that follow Jesus. But I'm praying for you that you'll be active in sharing your faith. Maybe Paul here is writing this because he knows back then, and this is still as true today, that one of the most dangerous places for Christians to find themselves is inward looking. With this kind of self-centered version of Christianity where instead of loving those far from God, we sit in judgment of those far from God. Instead of having a posture of trying to reach out, we have a posture of retreating from the, what I call, not yet believers. Some apprentices of Jesus find themselves over time hiding in the shadows, staying away from the world because the world is bad, forgetting That we're actually meant to be in the world, not sitting on spiritual thrones looking down on others. Look, here's the thing. The last thing that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven was not Christians, go into your houses and hide. He didn't say that, did he? What did he say? He said, go into the world and let your light shine before men. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel. Baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Come on, make disciples of those people that were of the world. He said, you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Don't run from the darkness. Shine into the darkness. The problem is, is so often we apprentices of Jesus can become inward looking, almost Moaning and groaning, focusing on all the wrong things. You know, we don't do that in this church. Or the Greek word didn't really say that. Or don't use that version of the Bible. It's from the devil. (laughs) And you can almost hear Paul in this letter saying, Philemon, don't do that. Don't be inward focused. Be active in sharing your faith. 
Now, if you're an apprentice of Jesus here today, or maybe you're watching online, you know this is important, don't you? Huh? Most of you here are kind of nodding your heads. You're saying, yeah, sharing our faith is so important in living the kingdom life. But the reality is, if I took a very short survey across the church today, I guess that maybe, I don't know, maybe 20 people here in the last week have actually boldly, actively shared our faith with anyone? I don't know. It's just a guess. The question is, if we know it's so important, why don't we do it? Why don't we share our faith? Now look, there's a number of reasons why, but let me have a stab at a few. One of them is that we just get busy, right? Life happens and we forget about the importance of it. Another reason is that we don't want to come across as the annoying Christian weirdo, do we? Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, and all our colleagues are running away from us. Here he comes, here he comes, you know? Another reason is that we don't want to force our beliefs on people, and that's kind of fair. But I think probably the biggest reason that most of us don't share our faith more often is because we don't feel like we know enough. It's a biggie. We often feel like if we knew more, then we would share more. The tension here, and this is what I want us to see, if nothing else, I just want you to see this, is that when we look at this text, it says here, I think we get into a pattern, sorry, where we think if we understood more, then we would share our faith more. But Paul is implying through this prayer that it's totally the other way around. And he is saying when we're active in sharing our faith, then we understand more. Paul is praying that we would consistently share our faith. And when we share our faith, we actually then get a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. See, actively sharing our faith is when we grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus, we fall more in love with him. And our understanding of what it means to walk by the Spirit increases. And we want to actually share our faith more and more because we are a people that are called to love the King and live the kingdom, which by nature is to share our faith with others. And what happens when we share our faith? Well, lives are impacted. We grow in a deeper understanding of Jesus. And I would argue that we gain more and more of an outward focus. Unfortunately, many of us don't feel uh, like we know enough, like we're ready enough, like we're good enough, like we don't have enough faith. Or maybe some of us think that sharing our faith, well, that's just for the evangelists. That's just for the paid church staff. Surely that's their job, right? They should be out there sharing their faith. We need to be careful that we're not becoming inward focused. Because I think it really stumps us in our spiritual growth. And it deeply affects our understanding of what we have in Christ. I mean, when you think about it, an inward looking Christian arguably is an oxymoron 
in itself, isn't it? <laughs> My observation, uh, that, is, that is, if we are no longer sharing our faith, we can become lukewarm. Are any of you here today and you're feeling lukewarm in your faith? See, one of the reasons I believe that Paul was praying for Philemon is he's saying, look, Philemon, I know you love the church, but don't forget to share your faith with the world. Because as you do, people will be changed. You will get a greater understanding of every good thing that you have in Christ. You'll have an outward focus. You'll have kind of positive spiritual momentum in your life. Now, we are a church full of people that are passionately praying. And I want us to continue to develop a rich toolkit of of spiritual things uh, to focus our prayer lives on. I want us to be even more intentional about praying for for other believers in this church and, and, and the church family and other believers beyond this place. We need to be praying for each other, that we be active in sharing our faith, praying for our teenagers and our kids, our spouses, our pastors. Uh, Pray for me. (laughs) Pray for the people in our life groups, that we'd be a body of believers that are fully active in sharing our faith. And in doing so, this church family is going to become, have a greater exponential understanding of every good work and every good thing we have in Christ. However, praying like this does come with slight risks. Because when we start praying like this, I believe that God will give us opportunities, even this week, to share our faith. So church, get ready. (laughs) And as I just said that, some of you just sat in your seats and your heart just sunk and you were like, oh, I can't believe he's just said that this week I've got to pray like that and then I've got to go and share uh, my faith because I feel so inequipped. Okay, well, let me try and equip you now. (laughs) And let me just share three quick, simple ways that you can share your faith moving forward from today, loosely based on some stories in the Bible. First of all, you can be loving but direct. What do I mean? Well, in Acts 2, we see Peter step up, doesn't he? He preaches to thousands of people, and he was loving, but he was direct. He said to them, you need to repent of your sin. You need to turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's pretty direct, right? He didn't say, hey, guys, you know, maybe you should kind of ponder your spiritual options, find the one that feels good, and kind of go with that. He didn't say that, did he? He just said, repent, turn from your sin, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus. It's pretty direct. There may be times in your life where the Holy Spirit leads you to be direct like this. My experience is that it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. I've I've experienced this. And of course, If it happens every single day that you're this loving and direct, you may well end up in the Christian weirdo category that I talked about last time. You need to feel led by the Holy Spirit and actually listen to him 
And actually, the times that I thought about the times where I felt uh, that compelled to be that loving and be that uh, direct, I always have that quote, John Wimber quote, uh, running around my head where he said, I'm a fool for Christ, whose fool are you? Like, am I going to take that kind of risk to be that direct in that moment? Or am I going to run away? Am I willing to, to uh, uh, kind of be vulnerable and, and, and put myself out there? Or am I going to run uh, away? Look, the second way we can share our faith, and every single one of us can do this, I've said this many times before, is we can share our story. Every one of us has a powerful story of how we came to follow Jesus. In John 9, there's this amazing situation of this guy that was born blind. And Jesus comes and opens his eyes so that he can see. And then you get the Pharisees, don't they? They're all debating like whose fault it was that this guy was blind. Is it his parents' fault? Oh, and Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. He must be a sinner. Uh, maybe he wasn't really blind in the first place. And this guy is like, look... I don't know what you're all talking about. He's like, I don't understand theologically all these deep things that you are saying. He said, all I can tell you is I was blind, but now I can see. He's like, you can argue all you want, but if you want to know my story, yesterday I couldn't see, and today I can. The greatest gospel weapon we have to a lost world is that once we were blind and now we can see. Once I was an addict, but because of Jesus, I'm free. I'm a new creation. For some of you, once you were hurting, but because of Jesus, you now have peace in your life. Tell your story, church. Maybe it's once you used to drink whiskey every night and gamble, and Jesus saved you. Maybe once you were chasing after money and success, and it never satisfied, but Jesus has changed your pursuit, and now you're chasing after souls for him. Church, tell your story. Tell it. God will use it to impact people's lives. And over the years, as I've shared my story with people, it's amazing how there is this overlap where you're talking to someone. Uh, People say, you know, well, my marriage was over. Or, or I suffered from depression, or I, or I lost a loved one. And people say, that happened to me as well. And at that point, you can say, and this is what Jesus did in my life. You can be loving, and you can be direct. You can share your story. And the third thing you can do, and this is super easy. This is really easy. Is that you can invite them here on a Sunday. Simples. It's easy. You can do what essentially this woman does in John 4. If you remember, Jesus has this interaction with this Samaritan sinful woman, which in the Jewish culture, it just would never have happened like this. But Jesus is loving this woman, and he says to her, hey, listen, you've had five husbands, and the guy that you're with at the moment isn't your husband. And she's like, how how does he know this stuff? And basically, he says, look, you're thirsting for something more. You're kind of just drinking normal water. But Jesus says, I will give you living water, and you'll never thirst again. And this woman is so moved by by, by what Jesus says. What does she do? She runs back to her community. She says, come, come see this man who told me everything I've ever done. Come and see. Just come with me. Come and meet this guy. 
And we can do this. We can say, come, come to church. Just give it a try. Come and taste and see. This may be very different from what you expect. Come and encounter Jesus in this church family. I find myself doing it all the time. I just invite people. And, and I read some survey a long time ago, which was something along the lines of, you've got to invite someone seven times, and then they'll come. So keep asking. Keep inviting people to come. They do. Eventually, they do. So my heart is that we'd be a people who would pray that God would give us opportunities to be active in sharing our faith. That we'd be a church family full of our understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. Because when we are active in sharing our faith, there is that spiritual momentum in our lives. And every single one of us will feel part of his divine story. Some of us scatter seeds, some of us water seeds, some of us are going to be involved in seeing the greatest harvest in history that we've ever known. And I believe this is going to come about through a sharing and praying church with active faith. I believe that there are some of us here today and online who know that there was a time in your life where you were really passionate about Jesus. And you know what? At the moment, You're just not. Well, let me gently challenge you today. Was that when you stopped actively sharing your faith? See, when we share our faith, something happens on the inside of us. When we're telling people about the the story, the good news of the gospel, about forgiveness, about sin, it grows us and it impacts others. This journey of sharing our faith is where we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, where he loves us, he equips us, he empowers us to walk by faith and not by sight. Are you here today walking by faith or by sight? Do you find yourself week by week on the front lines, if you like, talking about the goodness of God or are you feeling lukewarm? I want all of us, please, over this next few weeks, to be praying every day, maybe week by week, maybe this week, we pray that we would be active in sharing our faith and pray for others in this church that they would be active in sharing uh, their faith. And let's see what God would do. I would love for as many of you as possible to feed back what God has done in this week. Even if it's scary, even if you get it wrong, but you actually step out actively and sharing your faith, it would really Bless my heart. So come and tell me. Tell me the ways in which God has been using us and you. I want us to be a church that has a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I want us to understand that we're saints, that we're blessed, that we're appreciated, that we're saved, that we're reconciled, that we're heard, that we're gifted, that we're new, that we're forgiven, that we're adopted, that we're loved, that we're rewarded, and we are victorious in him. Amen? Amen.